This is Tim Bryan, pastor of Lifeway Apostolic Church, and this is our podcast. Thank you for joining us today. My prayer is that this message will inspire, build your faith, and draw you closer to Jesus Christ. Enjoy this message. But 1 Thessalonians chapter number 5, um, verse number 23, but let me turn there in my, my Bible, and um, we may... Look at more of this, more of this scripture. Um, verse number twenty-three. This this whole chapter is a beautiful chapter. Um, I, I highlight and underline and, and score things in chapters, and I begin to make notes. And I found in, in the book of First Thessalonians, I almost have more highlights than anything else. Is anybody else like that? You just kind of um, you highlight and and, and write things, but. Uh, and let's start at verse number, um, let's start at verse number 11, Raphael. And um, so 1 Thessalonians chapter number 5, verse number 11. Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another, even as also ye do. And we uh, beseech you, brethren, to know them that or which labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you. Um, I won't dwell too much on verse number 12, but it's very important that we know each other, not only in spirit, because we come together because we worship God and we love God, but we need to build relationships with one another. Um, that's very, very important um, in the strength of a church, in the body of a church. Know them which labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake and be at peace among yourselves. Now we exhort you, brethren, warn them that are unruly, comfort the feeble-minded, support the weak, be patient toward all men. Everybody say be patient. We always want people to be patient with us. But sometimes our patience wears out really quickly when it comes to other people. Ain't that the truth? See that none render evil for evil unto any man, but ever follow that which is good, both among yourselves and to all men. Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Now, that's an incredible verse right there. Now, the way I look at Scripture is I look at, I watch words travel, and I allow them to travel through my mind and my body. Does that make sense? Um, and I'm going to just kind of give you an example with verse number 18 here. In everything, give thanks. So I give thanks for everything the Lord has done, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. So this is the will of God, not my will, but thy will be done. In other words, I need to do his will. If so I'm not giving thanks in all things, maybe I should give thanks in all things. But it says, this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. So I have the spirit of God speaking through me to my spirit that wants to get into my will in order to tell me and make sure my body expresses thanks. Um. There are certain things that, that we all have in our life, and now hopefully we can have a little bit of a dialogue on this here tonight, is that even in verse number 18, 
there are times that we want to say thank you to somebody, but we're holding a grudge, so we don't want to say thanks. Or we, uh, our attitude is in such that it's God's will for us to love somebody, but we decide not to love them because we're holding a grudge. Um, or we will walk down the hallway the opposite way because somebody else is coming this way, and we avoid to talk to them, and we know it's the will of God for me to love them, but I go the other way. Um, there are times when I was at work, there were certain people I really just didn't want to talk to. Yeah, I got an amen. I got it. Thank you, Samantha. She's honest here tonight. And there are certain people that you just want to avoid, right? Um, I'll hit where right at home. You ever go to a family reunion and there's that one person? Just help me, Lord, endure to the end. Brother Gobby, I know you got an amen from you on that. And those, some of those family reunions, there was one lady in our family, Aunt Lottie. I don't know if she'll listen to this podcast. Probably not. But... Um, I avoided her like the plague, and I remember her meeting us on the sidewalk. We used to go to Kokomo Park, and up there, I forgot the name of the park, and, and um, I was, at the first time that I prepared my wife, or soon-to-be wife, Teresa, we was just engaged, and, and I said, okay, here are the ground rules for our family reunion. If Aunt Lottie comes up to us, she's a Debbie Downer. She's Miss Negativity. Am I right or am I right? I'm right, okay? I love Aunt Lottie to death, but I said, so what we do, I take what Dad, I learned something from Dad, is I kill her with kindness. And I said, man, I'm so glad. And I just, just, you know, she was like, well, you know, and I'm having some health problems and this and that's going on. And, and I was just like, you know, but ain't God good? And she was like, well, I wasn't about to feed into that, but there's some people that, and then I would quickly, I would have a prepared statement to move on. Um, <laughs> amen. What's that? <laughs> um, but there are certain, I'm just being real tonight, I can't be honest, there are certain things and certain people we, we but we need to love them, but in a, it is not our will that wants to love them, but we kind of. They're family, right? So we love them. Um, but in Christ Jesus, uh, concerning you, verse number 19, quench not the spirit. Um, somebody tell me, uh, what's that word quench mean? Somebody would help me there. What's that word quench not the spirit mean? All right. What's that? Put out the fire. Quench not the spirit. All right, well, let's, let's look at it. Somebody Google it for me. I want a class participation. Or if you have a concordance, I have it here. But I want you to kind of look, look this up with me here tonight. So if you have a concordance, open up your Bible. Open up that. And um, we're going to look this up. All right. Somebody got it? Anybody got a, uh, a Greek word definition, a Hebrew word, or somebody like that? Somebody got a waxing wisdom? Becky, what do you got? 
I like that. Rapidly cool. Whoa, Lord. Hang on. Cool your jets. Brother? Suppress or thwart? Uh, Brandon, you had your hand raised. What did you have? Same thing? Same thing. So what does it mean to quench not the spirit? You had another definition? Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, so quench not the spirit. So when it adds the spirit to that, what are we doing when we quench, when it says quench not the spirit? I'm getting somewhere to here tonight, so just help me out. Well, there you go. <laughs> That's, I like that. Okay. I like that too. All right. So quench not the spirit. So what happens when we quench the spirit? What's that? Y'all can't talk at once. We're going to have to have classroom rules. Raise your hand. Thank you, Sister Kathy. She had her, she forgot what she was going to say after I called on her. She had her hands raised and. <laughs> She done quenched the spirit. <laughs> she done quenched the spirit. Let's pray for her right now. Reignite that flame, Lord. Right now, everybody's forgot what they're going to say. All right, Raphael? To intentionally stop. All right, somebody else? Suffocate? Suff Did I say that right? Suffocate? That's Kentucky. Suffocate. <laughs> My Kentucky came out in me. I'm sorry. Suffocate. Um, <laughs> I don't want to suffer any cake. Um, all right. We're getting somewhere here tonight. We're going to have a good time here tonight. Anybody else? Quench not the spirit or quench the spirit. What are you doing when you're quenching spirit? Resist. Ignore. So the spirit of God wants to move. It wants to. But then who stops it? It's on us. We stop the moving of the Spirit. And the Bible says quench not the Spirit. In other words, when God says do this, love your neighbor, I, can't, I, don't want, I shouldn't quench that. I don't want to stop that. I don't want to snuff it out. I don't want to, um, what was some other definitions that we used, some of you had? To blow out. Subdue, to turn off. Um, there are moments in our, in our walk with God where we turn the Lord off. And a lot of times we turn him off in a time of prayer. Our intentions are pure and we're praying out of a sense of, uh, ob not sorry, obligation because we know we want to go to the Lord in prayer. But yet we turn off the moving of the Spirit. You ever been in a prayer meeting when the person next to you is getting a hold of God and they're praying in the spirit and God is moving on them and you're like dry bones. Does everybody know what I'm talking about? You're like, man, I wish I could just connect to the Lord and, 
Because and what you typically happens to me, or I feel that, is when, is when I, I, I'm so, my mind is wrestling with so many things. Come on, somebody. You've allowed your mind and allowed our spirit, if you will, and our bodies to be so consumed with material, uh, worldly things that it's very difficult to move in the spirit. And here's a, a growth in our prayer time is that, and I'm becoming very, very aware of worldliness more and more as the day, day comes. Um, there are certain things that may not be wrong, but they're just worldly enough to keep the spirit away from God moving into your life. There are, there are certain things that we get so amped up about. Um, and I'll say this thing, I've used this example before, and that is social media. Social media will take you on an emotional roller coaster ride, and all it takes is about two minutes, maybe about 30 seconds, maybe 10 seconds, I don't know. Um, and I don't know how many times, and if, if I'm not the only one, uh, you can agree with this, is that you get an emotional reaction out of something you've seen, and then all of a sudden, I'm going to give them peace of my mind. And then you read it, which I hope anything you type on social media, read it before you hit send. In fact, one uh, person told me, he said, I read it three times. And if you read it, sometimes you start hitting that delete button. I don't need to go there. Stop it. All right, shut it off. Because you have opened up the door, it is that emotion that has you held hostage. And then when you allow that emotion to take over your spirit and just kind of, all of a sudden, you're, you're emotionally, your mind is now captivated by something that you allowed in. And then now there is no room, perhaps, for God to speak to you because we're so covered up with things that really don't mean a whole lot now um, I'm not just trying to cast a wet blanket on social media and I think there are good things about it but I think there are so many people that get so wrapped up in so many things that their life is really represented represented through social media and that's all they have they they find their value in social media and that's a dangerous place to be. It says, quench not the spirit, despise not prophesying, prove all things, hold fast that which is good, abstain from the appearance, from all appearance of evil. Let me say that again, abstain from all appearance of evil. Somebody say amen. So it's going through all these things here about quench not the spirit, um, give thanks, which is, the, which is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Despise not the prophesyings. Uh, prove all things. Hold fast that which is good. Abstain from the all appearance of evil. And then we come back to verse number 23, which is right where we need to be. And the very God of peace sanctify you. Somebody say that word. Now, when you read it out loud in somebody's hearing, they're going to think H-O-L-Y. But this is W-H-O, 
two L's and Y. And then it says, I pray God, your whole spirit, somebody say your whole spirit, your soul, somebody say your soul, and what else? Three components of a life, body, soul, and spirit. Bible says that he wants every part of us to be what? Keep reading. Preserved blameless until when? Just do it on Sunday? Do it on Wednesday or a time of Bible study? Do it when everybody just shows up, but do it every day until the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So what the Lord is asking us to to do today is to really come into the mature walk with God. In other words, surrender our mind or our spirit, our soul, and our body. The reason why many people act out the way they do and their fruit of the life is, is, can I just be up front, it's sinful, is because they have not submitted at the beginning when God speaks to their spirit. You see, again, let's go back through it again like we talked about last week. God is a spirit. In Genesis 2, the Bible says he breathed into us the breath of life and made us a living soul. So God breathed into us, which he was a spirit, so he breathed in his spirit to us, made us a living soul, and he formed us from the dust of the ground. So we find that we have these three components that, that, uh, that are there. And since God is a spirit and he breathed into us as a spirit, his spirit, his spirit speaks to our spirit. His spirit speaks to our spirit, and then our spirit speaks to our mind or our soul. And, um, and so many times, but if God would truly wash our soul and we really make up in our mind we're going to live him, our body will do exactly what our mind and the God, what God has spoken to us about. Here's, here's where we are good. Um, here's where a lot of, I don't want to offend anybody. I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. But here's the problem with a lot of Christianity today. We work on the body first, and we neglect the spirit. We forget the soul and the will. Because what the body produces doesn't mean anything to me unless it's washed and preserved holy by the presence of God through the spirit and through the soul. I can pray with the best of them and not mean it at one bit. That's my body. What I say is a performance of my body. I can convince a lot of people that I am, I am holy, I'm righteous by my body. But if my spirit's not right, then my body is not even close to being right. Does that make sense? So what has to happen is our spirit needs to be connected to the Lord. And then all, all the stuff of not submitting to God wholly, completely and preserved, um, we, we stop the Lord so many times when he speaks to our spirit, it begins to speak to our mind, begins to speak to our will, and that's where it all kind of comes up and gets kind of jumbled, is because many people will say one thing and do another, or many people will do something and say another. 
And what we really need to do, if we're going to grow in this church, and I believe God is going to produce a great revival, um, but we have got to satisfy the presence of God in our life by quenching not the Spirit of God. If we quench the Spirit of God, what comes out of that is nothing but carnal flesh. Can I say it that way? We have got to be a church, and we are a church that is aspiring to let the Holy Ghost move through us in the way that He desires to move. That's the goal. The theme for this year, and perhaps the theme for until the Lord comes, is, our, is to know Him and to what? Here's the problem that I see, is we got to be careful how we make Him known, because some of us really don't know Him. Our testimony, which is our body, we begin to testify of, of, of the actions of what the Lord has done, to, done for us. And, and some of us, are it's a false front because we really don't know the Lord. And I'm not questioning somebody's walk with God here tonight. What I'm saying is, is a lot of our walk with God is, 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 is if I can quote my father, is, uh, and I'm quoting him a lot tonight, so I'll blame him for this statement. I'm learning from him. Some of us have a relationship, God, it's about a mile wide, but a quarter inch thick. We've got to grow deep in the presence of God. Deep in the presence of God. It says, quench not the spirit. Verse number 22, abstain from the appearance, that's our body, of all evil. But then verse number 23 says, I pray God, your whole spirit, your soul, and your body be preserved blameless unto the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. I truly believe that there are bodies, the appearance should be holy. Somebody say amen. I believe full and wholeheartedly of modesty. I believe in full wholeheartedly of living a holy life, a separated life. Somebody say amen. That's important, but it is all in vain if your spirit ain't right. That's what the Lord's trying to teach us here tonight. I, I truly believe that I don't want to live in vain. I want to live um, in a moving of the Holy Ghost through our life. So here's, here's what we're going to do tonight. Um, maybe I'll pull my notes back up. I'm going to kind of reiterate a couple things that I mentioned last week. And then we're going to talk together tonight and how we can resolve some of the things and if you would be so bold to 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 speak and testify um, what the Lord has done for you and how he has helped you through your situation in your life this this is the the the, the three components of a human being your body spirit and soul which we talked about uh, the body is your appetites somebody say your appetites your physical senses, your five senses, your world consciousness. Uh, the next thing is your spirit, which is your God consciousness, your spiritual senses. It's not your spidey sense. It's your spiritual senses. Then your soul, which is your identity, your personality, your self-consciousness. Within your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. Your emotions are played out. Your mind is played out. Your will is played out through your body. Everybody say amen. It is produced through your body. It is brought in through the spirit, 
and then it is influenced by your will and your mind and your body plays its part. The mind is that part of you which is most influenced by your spirit. Your will is that part of you which is the seat of your identity and your personality. And the emotions is that part of you which is most influenced by your body. Make one other couple sentences here just to clarify before we go any further. Is the Holy Spirit is, the, is to empower your spirit. Somebody say my spirit. When the spirit of the Lord moves, he wants to speak to your spirit. Yeah, he gave you a spirit to be able to communicate to you. He wants to move upon your spirit. He wants to touch your spirit. When you're in the presence of God and people come to the house of God, many people will say, I don't know what I felt, but it felt good, right? You feel, they feel the presence of God. They feel the spirit of God. It's because the reason why a lot of people who walk in this world, they come in the presence of God and they say, I've never felt that before. Why would, you, why would they say that? It's because they have allowed their spirit to be circumvented or their spirit to be uh, overtaken by the spirit of this world. And when they come into contact with the spirit of God, it's foreign to them. So the spirit speaks to us ministers to us but then here's the here's the breakdown of christianity if i can use the word christianity in this statement the breakdown of christianity is that when the spirit of god moves upon your life and begins to direct your mind here's the breakdown um i was i started to rehash this and think about this and pray about it and study and and read scriptures and different things this 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 past week and I was uh, at um, uh, Traditions, I think it was, and I began to talk to them about the subject, and we began to open up, and we began to share some things, and begin to talk how the Lord speaks to us, and, and at, at times uh, how the Lord will, will begin to speak to our spirit, but our will comes face-to-face with the will of God. Our mind, God speaks to our mind. We think, wow, I feel the presence of God. There's a spirit of God. I know that it's him. It's in my mind. And then the Lord says, okay, I want you to do this. I need you to improve here. I need you to check your spirit here. I need to check your actions here. This is what I want you to be. This is what I need you to give thanks. I need you to ask for forgiveness. I need you to uh, pull back here. I need you to be more bold here. I need you to help. I need you to uh, uh, to conquer your fear and all the stuff that I need you to change your behavior. I need to change your, all these things. All these, God speaks to our spirit. It comes into our mind that we're an acknowledgement of God that's you but then we put on the brakes when it touches our will why Genesis 6 is so powerful and the Lord's prayer is because it says not my will but thy will be done it's a complete act of surrender to the presence of God that is speaking into our spirit and into our mind and then when we say not my will that means not my appetites not my fleshly desires, not my understanding, not my senses, physical senses, not my wants, not my uh, uh, tangible needs per se, 
not my will, but okay, Lord, your will be done. And all of a sudden, the a dam is broken and a gush of the Holy Ghost will speak through us and then begin to give us what we need to our bodies to be able to perform the will of God. Now, how many in this room would say that you battle with your will every day? That's half of you. We all are really good people. Um, let me just say this real quick. I um I don't this just come to mind so I think I, I think I need to need to share this. Um and this hit me and it was so so true. Um Leonard Ravenhill said this and I, I quote him a lot um with different things. Says this if you're a true Christian And filled with the Holy Spirit, truly filled with the Holy Spirit, holy body, soul, and spirit, or body, yeah, body, soul, and spirit, it's very difficult to sin. I want you to let that sink in for a minute. It's very difficult to sin. It says here that he he said that, I don't like quoting put names, but in this situation, I will. He says, Swaggart says he battled with pornography for years. He said, that's a lie from hell. And I thought, this, where is this guy going with this statement? He says, he didn't. He's telling me the Holy Spirit didn't convict him. He's telling me he fought the Holy Spirit and he won. Think about that. Somebody's going to win. You know, a will will be established. Now, that sounds like a harsh statement. And I hope you get that because he says, oh, I've been fighting this for years. I have not been able to overcome this sin. It just won't leave me alone. What he's really saying is, this is a crutch to me, and I'm telling my body is greater than the Spirit of God changing my will. I have not submitted my will to allow the Spirit to help me overcome that sin. Now, I'm not, uh, I do understand there's other scriptures that talk about Paul had a thorn in his flesh, but that, that really could have been, I don't think it's, it was a sin nature. I think it was more of a physical, physical concern that he had in his body. It was something that was keeping him a reminder of, of the Lord Jesus Christ. But I, I wonder if here today that what would happen to us if we really submitted wholly our body, spirit, and our soul to God. And I begin to play out and this past Sunday, we, had, we celebrated Pentecost Sunday. And Pentecost Sunday, in that upper room experience, I truly believe they were fully submitted to God. They were fully, holy, body, soul, and spirit submitted to the Lord. They were truly, they truly said, not my will. And I, 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 I help I just pray that I'm going to communicate this, this in, the, in the right fashion is, is that God help us 
that when the Lord speaks to us, no matter what it is, we simply say, not my will, not my decision making. I want your decision so it can be played out into my life the way you desire it to be played out. It's the old statement like being a true conduit of God, a true ambassador for the Lord. And when I look at the Acts chapter number two, chapter Acts, Acts church, and how they walked in the spirit, and they were led by the spirit, and God moved upon, upon them with the spirit. Let's go to, let's just, let's just look at it. Acts, um, and this is a, a something that is played out. Um, Here we go, Acts 3. Let's go to Acts 3. And we're going to read this. And, um, and we're going to see this play. Now, they just, the chapter before was the upper room. God filled them with the Holy Ghost. And chapter 3, it says, Now Peter and John went up into together into the temple of the hour of the prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried. When he lay daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple, who seen Peter and John about to go into the temple and ask and asked an alms. So I have highlighted in my Bible the two words, who seen. The man saw Peter and John. Okay? It doesn't say that Peter and John saw him first. They, he saw Peter and John about to go into the temple. They were going into the temple to pray, and Peter fastened his eyes upon him with John, and then he saw something in that man's eyes. It reminds me of Noah. God looked into the eyes of Noah, and Noah looked into the, the eyes, if you will, or the presence of God. He found grace in the eyes of the Lord. This, this something about this lame man, when he looked at Peter and John, he saw something. He saw something on them. And then when Peter and John looked upon him, they saw something in him. And he said, look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. And Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Many of us are walking around with nothing to give. We're walking to work, walking on a job, walking doing things, going through a life, and we have nothing to give. We have not submitted completely our will to God. Therefore, our will is, can't, has anything to give to anybody else because our spirit has not been impacted by the presence of God, has not been washed wholly. W-H-O-L-L-Y, holy, completely in the presence of God. And he took them by the right hand and lifted them up, and immediately his feet and his ankle bones received strength. And he, leaping, and he leaping up and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. And they knew that it was he which sat for alms at the gate beautiful, or beautiful gate of the temple, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened unto him. Now, let's think about this, this story for a moment. 
Has anybody in this room heard that happening today? Um, I don't have really have a personal testimony that, that I have felt as though God told me to stop and pray for somebody. Evans ever done that. I remember a couple years ago, there was a motorcycle accident right here at uh, 200 and Dan Jones, and it was right in front of me. I pulled over, and I saw the motorcycle crash into the side of this car. He bounced his head off the side of the car, and older gentleman, he was laid out, and I went up there. I knelt down next to him. I said, I'm a pastor. I would love to pray with you. And he was kind of out of it a little bit. I said, don't move. And as I was praying, there was blood coming out from under him on the ground. And even though I had faith enough to get out of the car, I had faith to have boldness to walk by everybody else watching, calling 911. But when I reached down to pray for him, my faith was challenged. It's almost like, are you really going to pray or are you not going to pray? Are you going to say, are you going to believe in me or not? Are you going to call upon my name? And I knelt down next to him, put my hand right on his shoulder. He was laying on his back. He had a leather helmet on, and uh, leather helmet didn't work. And he was bleeding, and I began to pray. I said, I said, God, I said, we need you right now. I do not know this man, but I know you do. And I ask you, Lord, to touch his body, touch whatever's bleeding, touch whatever's. And I don't know what happened. I tried to call hospitals. I checked newspapers, and the police came, and the police uh, got my information. I said, I'm just, I'm here praying for him. And, and they took him off, and I don't know where he went, what hospital he went to. I called about five, six hospitals. I didn't know his name, but I'm believing God touched him. But how, how many times do we, have we seen a Peter and John experience where God completely moved through our life in such a way that he speaks to our spirit, our will is challenged, our will is accepted, or we're submitted, and our body does exactly what the will of God says to do. Does this make sense tonight? Maybe the three or four of you. I, I, I just, I find it, I think the challenge in our walk with God and the things of God, and we'll, we'll bring some more scripture here in, in just a minute, um, is that, we'll go to James 2, Raphael, here in just a moment. I think that um, there's got to be a decision made um, in our walk with God. Are we really going to do it or are we not going to? Our mind has got to be made up. Our soul has got to be made up. Our will has got to be made up. Some are walking for the Lord and being intimidated. I don't think Peter and John were intimidated by anything. I, I don't see them wondering, hey, are we really going to pray for this guy? I don't know. Do you want to pray for this guy? Yeah, let's do it. All right, only if you're with me. Right? Will you go to the altar with me? Some lady's got to go to the bathroom with somebody. I don't know what that's about. Will you go to the bathroom with me? Yeah, we'll go. I celebrated when my boy went to the bathroom for, by himself for the first time, and ladies are still going to the bathroom together. It's like, will you go to the restroom with me? I mean, I, I really believe that in our, in the, when the Spirit of God moves, 
there is still a hesitation in our church of moving in the spirit of God. There's a, there's a hesitation there. And I really don't know what it is because everybody's a little bit different. But the goal of that as a pastor, I, I want to see signs and wonders moving in this church. I, when somebody comes in and has sickness, I don't think it's in order that they leave with the same sickness. If somebody comes in and they're bound by drugs and alcohol, it's not God's will that they walk out the same way they walked in. If somebody does not have the Holy Ghost, it's not God's will that they walk out without the Holy Ghost. It's, it's not God's will for that any, the Bible says it's not God's will for any should perish. That all should come to repentance. That word perish could be not lead to, to somebody that, that is going on their way to destruction. That's a continuing thing. People are perishing in this world. And we can be that person who bridges that gap, who stops that will of the world and the will of the body from dying with the presence of God can inter- when the presence of God can intercede in their life. James 2. Let's go there if you, if you have your Bible. James 2. Um, we read this last week, but I, I felt like we need to bring more clarification to it. James 2.26 For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. Without the spirit, the church is dead. I said without the presence of God, the church is dead. Um, it, I'm just kind of talking here tonight, just telling you how I feel. And I have some notes here and some things. I'm just going to work my way through them and just trying to, where we want, where we want to be as a church. Um, there's a lot of dead churches out there because they don't have the presence of God moving through them. And I believe we have the presence of God moving in this place, but what would it be like if, if more than 10 or 15 people would allow the Holy Ghost to move? If we really allowed the presence of God to move into our life, get into our mind, and our will says, okay, God, I don't care what the cost, I'm going to live for you. Uh, you know, this is an outward expression, and I know um, worship is a, is a key element in our walk with God. But I, 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 I'm looking for the time that we all cut loose in worship, where we really submit our will that we really don't care what somebody thinks. Because the lame man did not care what people thought when the Holy Ghost began to move in his life. The Bible says he went dancing and leaping in a place he had never gone before. Because he was lame, he was not allowed to go into the temple. Because he was unclean, he was, uh, had an infirmity, but when he became, when strength came to his ankle bones, he went into the place that he had never been before and began to shout and dance and worship. What, what would happen to us if we really knew what God had done for us and we could really, without any reservation, without any thought of anything else that is around us or somebody looking at us, what would happen if, if we really submitted our will to thanksgiving to God or worship to the Lord? For as the body 
without the spirit is dead. There are a lot of people that worship with just with their body. We can all clap. We can all sing. We can all look like we're worshiping God. But without the spirit, it's nothing but dead works. I, I want to challenge us when we come into the house of the Lord, even on Sunday or even in your home, that you worship the Lord and submit your will to God. Lord, how do you want me to worship you today? How do you want me to express to you how much I love you? It may be with a shout. It may be with hands raised. It may be with a kneeling down and just succumbing to the presence of the Lord. But there are times that I've been in the presence with God, presence with God, and my body began to do things I didn't know it was going to do. I've been in prayer, and my knees begin to shake, and I begin to fall and hit the floor. It's because the presence of God, and I submit my will to the presence of God, and that God begins to move, and it is expressed throughout my body. But many people are afraid of where the presence of God will take us when we submit our will. It's because when we submit our will, our body will do things that we really don't want it to do. For example, live a holy life. Talk differently. Perhaps wear something differently than you had been wearing before. Doing things, being kind to somebody instead of being mean to somebody. Saying thank you instead of always looking the other way. Maybe the Lord is telling you to go to your brother or go to your sister and, and you've been waiting to do that, but you don't want to do that because of this or that and then a third. But the Lord is telling you and it's that war of the, the flesh and the spirit not. I wonder where we are in our walk with God because of how our families are and how you are is how the church will be. I'm asking us to pray that God would preserve our whole spirit, body, and soul to be blameless until the coming of the Lord. And I do know that this is a growth. This is not something that is, happens overnight. It's a growth process. I mentioned it on Sunday, and I was talking to a pastor that I was on the phone with today, and I began to share with him. I texted him on Sunday morning, and I told him how insufficient I felt, how unprepared I am, not for ministering, from preaching, but to be a pastor, and that I don't feel like I have the tools to do it. And, and I'm not saying that as a pity party because I know I don't have the tools to do it. But it was a realization to me that that just proves to me I need God. In order for us to have the presence of God and live a holy and righteous life, you need the presence of God moving in your life. Paul said this. He says, I die. What, what had to die daily? There's always a war. The will's in the middle between the spirit and the flesh. In order for the spirit to move, we got to sacrifice the flesh. We got to get that pride and tell it to shut up. Got to tell that unforgiving spirit to, 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 to quit. You got you to sacrifice the, the lust of the eye and lust of the flesh and the pride of life. You need to you say, you know what? I'm done with you, flesh. I'm tired of where that takes me. I'm going to start listening to the presence of God. I'm going to submit my will to the presence of God. Um, I was 
there are random people that call or text or Facebook message me and asking me for advice, and it's always interesting. And I don't get a lot of people to do that, just, just people that will just say, hey, what do you think about this? And I don't know why they, they text me or call me or anything like that. But I, I'm, I'm, I'm just telling them, I said, well, you need to repent. Well, what? That didn't make sense. No, you need to repent. You, you need to listen to God, submit your will to God, and then God will take care of the rest. Well, that's not the answer I wanted to hear. Well, that's the answer you need to hear. Because that's my answer that I ask God, Lord, what? Well, let's, let's get things right, make sure we're right, make sure that you can't pray for this if your heart ain't right. I found that in time of prayer, and that God's been challenging me, uh, especially this last week in prayer, is that is this whole subject of will, how I, how I pray the will of God. And it's blurred lines sometimes when we pray. And I'm just speaking from, from myself is that I pray, I find myself praying amiss. It's because I start praying things that I desire or what I, that I would like to see done. And I negate to listen to the voice of God and say, Lord, what, you, what would you want to do? And I think it's a valid statement to ask God out loud, Lord, I want to submit to your will. What would your will, what is your will for this situation? What is your will for my life? What is your will for this, this thought that I'm having, this, this meaning? But so many times we just pray our desires and don't pray the will of God. Um, the next thing I, I felt like I, I begin to pray is that as a, as a pastor, my prayer time has changed. And I found that I would pray. But I would pray for the, for the church. I'd pray for you. I'd pray for uh, the future of our church. I'd pray for all these different things for the church. And I would negate praying for myself. And then I would leave like I tackled hell with all these praying for sicknesses and praying for Sister Susan. And praying for all these different things and praying for Robert. And he came through surgery fine and, and all the stuff. We pray for these things, pray for Osei and all these things. And then I feel like, okay, man, I tackled hell, but I negated my own soul. So the Lord says, okay, that, all that prayer, that's all fine and dandy. But let's go back and start, start praying over again and, and make sure your heart, me and you are in sync. And our wills are submitted. My will is submitted to your will. And your will be done. And then all of a sudden when I pray again, I look at all those things differently. Begin to, God begins to minister to me. And then I begin to minister to the needs. And God begins to give us a new light. I wonder if we allow God to really, if we submitted our will completely to the Lord, how much of our life would look so much different? How much more would it look different? Let's go to, in closing here tonight, I know I've gone for um, 45 minutes here or so. Let's go to Matthew again. Um, um, 
Well, we'll get to Matthew. I may, forgive me. We may go Matthew 28 here in a moment. Let's go Matthew 6. Let's set up Matthew 28. Um, I think that's important. Let's go to the last part of Matthew 6. We've, we talked about the, um, the Lord's Prayer, not my will, but thy will be done, that kind of thing. And, um, or thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us as they are daily bread. Verse number 19, it says, lay not up for yourselves. Everybody say yourselves. Let's just stop right there. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth. Don't let your will get selfish. Don't let your will submit to things that are going to corrupt and become rust and develop an eyesore in your life where thieves can break through and steal. But it says, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. So between verse number 19 and verse number 20, there is something that is happening. You are laying something. But it's a matter of the will that's laying something. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, but lay upon yourselves treasures in heaven. It's a matter of the will. Either you will lay up treasures upon earth or you'll lay treasures up in heaven. And here's the will. Verse number 21. For where your treasure is, there's your heart. The heart is the seat of the emotions. The heart is your soul. That's the place. So wherever your will decides, that's where your soul is. When scripture says, out of the abundance of the heart, your body is going to proclaim says, verse number 20, the light of the body is in the eye, and if therefore thine eye is single, by thy whole body shall be full of light. But if thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? Your body will manifest what's in your soul. Body will manifest the decisions, the, the decision, decision to lay up. And what you lay up is the will saying, this is what I want to do. No man can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. That is two spirits, ladies and gentlemen. God is a spirit, mammon is a spirit. You cannot serve two spirits. You will listen to your, the spirit of this world and your body, or you'll listen to the spirit of God. These are not necessarily opposites. God is God. The spirit of the world is not an exact opposite of God. God has no equal. It's not a direct opposite. Very, and then it goes, let's go to Matthew 28, and we'll be done. Matthew 28. Matthew 28, let's go to verse number 16, 
Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, into the mountain where Jesus had appointed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power, I think it's a Zeusia power, is given unto me in heaven and in earth. It's power that was given to me, submitted to me for the work that I'm about to perform. He says, Go ye therefore and teach or disciple all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them or disciple them to do all things, to observe all things whatsoever I commanded you. There's a command. God is speaking to our spirits to do, so, to do a work for him. And he says, if you do what I ask you to do, if you go and baptize, if you go and disciple, if you go, I submit to you the authority to do so. In fact, I will say that I am with you always, even until the end of the world. I'm glad to know that I'm not out on, his, on a limb by myself when I'm doing the will of God. The Lord says, I will be with you. Don't be afraid of the going when you got God on your side. Do not be afraid of the going. Do not be afraid of submitting your will to the Lord. Do not be afraid of what's going to transform throughout your body in this life because God will always be with you. I've heard many people say this. Pastor, there's a lot of things I got to change. Don't worry about the things you got to change. Because if you allow the Spirit of God to wash through you, your decision, all of a sudden your body will start manifesting the beauty and holiness. Your body will become whole in the name of Jesus Christ. And you'll become a true ambassador of the Lord. I hope I've made some sense here tonight. Uh, You know, this body, spirit, and soul is so profound in many parts of Scripture that I want us to know that God is going to perform a mighty revival in this place and in this community. But we have got to align ourselves with the presence of God, submit completely to him. Somebody say amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. If you would like to know more information about our church, please check us out on Facebook at Lifeway Apostolic Church. May God richly bless you.